Hello and welcome to Burning Hearts, the podcast all about the life mysteries and management of acid reflux. I'm Spencer Crittenden, your hostess with the mostest, who had to stop eating hostess because it was bad for his acid reflux. And I'm joined by Kevin uh, Stomach. <sighs> Jesus Christ, Kevin. What, what's, what's happening, man? Uh, not much, man. Not 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 much. Uh, it's, it's been a good week for me. Uh, got a lot lot of stuff done. Um, sort of following up from last week's show with Jim Mafud on. Um, on this week's show of his, we're making some official Kevin Day Blastmaster T-shirts that wow. are going to be available in his T Public store in a week or two. I um, gotta get one of those. That sounds really good. Yeah, man. I always wanted to be a T-shirt really is that is that true or is that a fun fun quip that your comedic instincts uh bubbled up no a bit of both actually um okay it just it seems like it seems like you know a milestone <laughs> a milestone in what life in becoming life, a known you know. figure oh in life like every yeah. person okay you know it's, well, it's just sort of a, that notch of like okay I've, i finally made it i'm, I'm on a t-shirt Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I have a Patreon. The Patreon has a Discord. The Discord has channels. One of the channels is a merchandising channel to uh, give ideas for merchandise if I ever do merchandise. So I thought, you know, maybe since we're on the subject, maybe we can talk about not all of these are Patreon exclusive. They're more like Spencer brand that might fit or might not fit with the that happens. Um, so yeah, let's see uh, someone uh, Bender. His name's Bender. I guess he's the real Bender from uh, Futurama. But uh, Bender suggests a full size Spencer plushie. That could be fun. You know? Yeah, I buy one. Right? And someone else, oh, get maimed, said uh, a Spencer waifu pillow. You know about these waifu pillows? I do, yes. I, 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 I can see you selling a lot of those. Doesn't that sound good? Like, I would definitely do that to me because i'm a weird narcissist so like i i could imagine totally sleeping with a, a spencer body pillow um jc gyo or gyo uh says that we should do dice that happens dice but you know on the uh, on the 20 it just says that happens instead you know that sounds good right that's don't that's you think we clever. can get some of this stuff like this we seems do kinda, this. this seems kind of doable I, I don't know we might have to talk to like a dice person or something but um I've talked about briefly, I don't know if you know this, Kevin, but I'm the Fungin Master. Are you aware of this? I was not, no. Oh, yeah. And I'm turning down my mic because I'm blowing it out for sure. Hopefully this isn't too quiet. Um, but but yeah, I'm the Fungin Master. <laughs> um, it's because I'm so fun, you see. Um, okay. That, okay, I get it. Yeah. I have... I've self-designated myself the Fungin Master. And what could be more fun than giving yourself a nickname? You know? <laughs> uh, and natural as well but okay so there's a comic called the swords comic it's on instagram i think their instagram handle is swords comic at swords comic or whatever um and they have a recurring bit they have a lot of recurring bits because it's like a four panel comic strip and one of their recurring bits is this clown with green hair uh, is standing outside of a dungeon labeled fungin and is like propositioning event adventurers like hey you want to have some fun for a change come to come into the fungin you know and then the adventure does and then they're immediately beset by carnivorous uh mushrooms that are like chomping them to pieces and they're like oh it's because of fungi it's called a fungin because of the fungus so this is kind of like the punchline you know but 
that's different than how I'm using it, which is I am the fungin master in Dungeons and Dragons. And no other dungeon master is fun because I have cornered the market with this cleverly, uh, you know, self-given nickname. I'm, I'm the fungin master. Uh, so like fungin master t-shirts, you know, I don't know. I, I, I honestly would, if there was a cardboard, life-size cardboard cutout of you, I would put that in my office. Okay. Life-size cardboard cutouts. That would be, you know, uh, my dad uh, at work, I don't know how he got this or what the circumstances were, but he got a cardboard standee of himself in like a, it was like a tuxedo. Like it wasn't just a suit. It was a really nice suit. And, um, I, I don't know if his hands doing like a, one of these things, but there's a speech bubble coming out of it that has some sort of marketing text because this was some sort of marketing thing. I don't know. I don't know if it was a joke, if it was real, if it was a gift, if he made it, I have no idea. I just know that it landed some somehow in our house at some point. And so it'd just be like a fixture around the house was my dad, like reduced to like four feet and having his speech bubble and said something um but you know we could do that i could definitely see it like you know i say like that happens in the speech bubble or i'm like you know throwing dice and then we could put a hole in the hand and you can like break it up to a dice tower and i like roll the dice onto your table it, it would be like you were right there with us playing it would be like I'm dungeon mastering for you. That could be a, a whole kit, like the Spencer dungeon mastery kit. Like, oh, have Spencer dungeon master you only seventy five dollars, and it's, yeah, it's like a bunch of bullshit. Um, I don't know. Someone someone suggested cups. They they look really cool, but they don't really seem super thematic. They're just kind of cups. Um, yeah. Is there anything else here? What if I just read Discord onto a podcast? Would that be good? Do you have any good slogans that we could, you know, you know, like Cafe Press or whatever? It's just like you have an image or a slogan, and it's like we'll print that on a mug, we'll print it on a face mask, you know, we'll print it on your AR fifteen. I don't know. Nothing. I, I could see there being a lot of that happens merchandise. Yeah, we should we should maybe pilot some. I don't know. <sighs> Other podcasts, they do this thing where it's like, oh, if you draw the art, we'll, uh, you know, we'll give you some of the proceeds and stuff. We could do something like that. I just don't know how those people set it up legally, et cetera, or something. I don't know. We'll have to figure it out. And maybe in a way that exploits people more. That that could be good for me if, if we exploit people more than uh, fairly compensating them for their effort and labor. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, the world's bad. The world's bad. So what's and, happened to you this week? I had okay, so I'm a person that breaks down easily. Um, I hold problems with me; they stick with me for a long time. Uh, the Arby's incident, right? You know, it's something that followed me for weeks until I started really not thinking about it. It's still uh, a thing that happens. And when I get in online arguments with people, that can also happen. There's a chapter in my life that I dramatically refer to as the Doughboys beef, where I got into a fight with a guy named Jack Allison. And, uh, you know, just like that was like, it fucked me up for a month, like longer than a month, honestly. But it's just like, I would just think about it nonstop and it just sucked. And this week I've had probably four separate incidents like that which is a lot more than normal i've had dust-ups with people it's just the thing is man the slightest criticism really sends me off and it's not good it's a toxic trait 
But at the same time, like if I was a healthier person, it would still bug me. I would just be able to respond to it more assertively or healthily without having a breakdown, you know, because like when your adrenaline is is pumping and, you know, you're yelling at people or not, not even you're yelling at people when your adrenaline's pumping and you're trying to solve a problem, you're not in the best state of mind to solve that problem, you know? So it's like as much as I can try and rationalize and engage my rational brain, it just, you know, it's going to be routed through this nervous breakdown person, you know? Yeah. When you say you're, you're having a breakdown, what's going through your mind at that point? When I say I'm having a breakdown, I just mean I'm obsessing over something. I can't get it out of my mind. I'm running it through over and over and over being really mad. I'm thinking over and over about the things I said or should have said or will say in the future. Like, uh, like for instance, if I'm the, the, most of this stuff happened via text. And so if I'm texting, um, but again, four separate incidents is, is way more than uh, I am. Usually I have one of these every couple of weeks, every month or so um, that that rise to this level of like sticking with me, you know, but but it's thinking of these things and it's like I go over the things I said over and over. That's something I don't know. Maybe this is a writer thing or something. But whenever I write anything, I just reread it over and over and over or I think about what I had writ- read and, or written and it's just I don't know. It's kind of obsessive compulsive or something, but it just like, it goes around in a loop and a loop and a loop. And I just keep thinking that and thinking about maybe I should have said it differently or thinking that was a really good way to say it. I'm glad I expressed myself that way, you know, but I'm just focusing on it. I'm like hyper fixated on it. You know, that's kind of what I mean uh, by a breakdown. Sometimes it means I can't really think about other things or be even distracted, or I try to distract myself and I'm still uh, dwelling on it. Or other times it means I'm crying, um, but you know, not always. When I say breakdown, I mean like just kind of being hyper fixated and obsessed with this thing, and I just can't get it out, and it just ruins my day. Um, it sucks. It's not good. It's probably not how other people uh, respond to the same kind of issues, right? It's 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 a weakness of myself. Um, yeah, it just really sucks. Like. Uh, I don't know. Here's an example. Uh, me and Steve, we both work for Dan. Uh, he would <laughs> he would text us sometimes not very nice, sometimes very mean texts. And uh, Steve would be able to compartmentalize it. And I would not like I would just be fucked up for three days. So if like something happens on Friday, I get a mean text on Friday. Like my whole weekend is just shot. It's all I can think about it. Maybe on Sunday, I might have some distance from it and be able to like think about other things or whatever, or maybe I can distract myself with a video game. I don't know, but like, but the, it would just, Steve would just go on his normal life. It's not like he didn't feel bad or whatever. He was just able to handle it or it didn't affect him as much. I don't know. It's not like it was good to treat him like that and bad to treat me like that. It's, it's not ideal in either sense, but it's just, it, it just, I I can't let it go. Maybe is what it is. I, I have a hard time letting go, and uh, and it sucks. And yeah, it's not it's not on anyone else uh, that I'm like this. And uh, it's reasonable that other people don't assume that I'm like this when they interact with me. And so when I have a breakdown to what someone perceives as a normal thing, uh, you know, I understand that. That's not necessarily on them, but that's also why I try to uh, talk about stuff like this because you know I feel like. I don't know how to set proper expectations. If I said something to someone and they just burst into tears, I would be like, oh, fuck, you know, but if that person is like, hey, 
I always burst into tears, you know, or something. It might kind of change my my behavior in, in a hopes of not spurring that. So that's kind of like what I hope to do. But I don't know. I also I just always think I'm really clear when I'm not being clear at all. Um, that's a problem I have. I'm I'm making these videos for my Patreon, and sometimes I'll be all like, "Yeah, that made sense," and I'll listen back to it. And it's like it doesn't really make sense. I didn't even say the words that I thought I said. Like it's just it doesn't track. So who even knows how clear I'm being? You know, but I don't know. For instance, a couple weeks ago, oh, it was after the Mora episode. Uh, someone on Reddit was like, "Oh, Spencer's talking too fast," and that really hurt my feelings. And I handled that really poorly, and I feel bad about it you know I, I lashed out at him and um and part of it is is this expectations you know a lot of problems come from misset expectations a lot of problems come from miscommunications but like something that hits me a lot and i think this probably goes back to my childhood somehow with my parents or something i don't know but i would be really excited about something and then i would talk to people about it or share something about what i was excited about with other people and then they would have a reaction to it that's like so far removed from what i expect it really hits me a lot harder is probably part of it so like that mora episode was so good like i was just so proud of how it turns out i mean we've been doing a lot of episodes you know kevin that i thought have been really good and it's really fun for me and so then it's like and also, this is a problem I've had since Harmontown. Like, I would say something funny on Harmontown, and then I'd go to the Reddit and be like, I wonder if anyone said how funny I was. Never fucking happened. Not a single fucking time. It's not like I never got praise, but anytime I was like, oh, man, that was great. Like, it just wouldn't get any anything. Um, and so, so, yeah, that was kind of it. And so another thing is, like, if you can't handle it, maybe stop doing that. It becomes toxic at a point. It becomes, you know, you're you're bringing this upon yourself but you know i was really excited about the episode so i go to the reddit and i was like i wonder if other people thought it was such a great episode and that was like the first thing i zoomed in on is this guy who um who suggested that i might have been on adderall which he said was a joke but i didn't think it was a joke i thought it was like oh he's he's dan's you know assistant he, maybe he does adderall too which i took really personally because like I don't know i don't like drugs i don't mind if other people do them but i think they're bad even when i've done drugs i've not thought they were great and especially after quitting pot that's something i feel pretty accomplished about i'm really proud that i'm not on drugs anymore you know i'm proud that i can that i can do it differently also not being on weed all the time is going to change my vibe you know if someone if my entire professional personal performer life for instance i was stoned out of my fucking gourd right and then I stop doing weed and then perform again. It's going to be a different vibe, right? So, so the fact that like I was being apparently jokingly, but in my mind, seriously accused of being on this drug. And that's why I was acting different and me being really excited about the episode and, you know, him being like, oh, he's talking too fast. But it's like, I was talking too fast because I was so excited about the things I was talking about. And I was really happy that the episode was going great and Mora was really cool. And I was happy about that, you know? And so I was like, really, really happy and excited. And then I go to the Reddit and then someone gives me, you know, what, let's, let's just say it's a reasonable critique. I don't know. You know, it's, it doesn't have, we don't have to demonize it, but, uh, and then I'm like, fuck. And it hits me so hard, you know? And, and so, and then in that episode, I talked about how I'm sensitive and how things that people say online absolutely destroy me. So it's like, again, I don't know how clear I'm being with communication. Obviously I'm all around the, I'm bouncing all over the place with, this conversation but when you think you're communicating oh hey you know it really hurts me when people say innocuous things online and then after that episode you go to the discussion of that episode and someone says that it's like but i mean i said like i 
can't you at least phrase it gentler or something you know it feels more specifically like twisting the knife uh, which is another expectation that i'm setting up that's not on other people but because i've set that expectation in my mind when people break that expectation it hurts even more right i say set ex expectations because that goes back to working at apple store they would always talk about setting expectations and again it goes back to dissatisfaction comes from misset expectations if you expect to eat a, a great feast and instead uh you get in a car accident you're going to be really bummed you know oh my god my whole night's ruined if you're expecting uh you know you're not going to have any food today and then you don't have any food today that's not as bad because it's like yeah no this was what i was expecting to happen it's not like it's a good situation but it's not this huge fucking blow to your life because it's within your expectations right and so at apple store it was all about setting expectations and resetting expectations if it was clear that people came in with the wrong expectations you know oh i jizzed in my keyboard you got to clean the keyboard you know it's like oh sir we don't clean jizz out of keyboards you know that's resetting the expectations and hoping you can move forward on this shared basis where expectations are where they should be you know um but so yeah so one of the times when i got mad this week was a similar thing where i was sharing something i was really excited about and then someone's innocuous criticism just absolutely destroyed me and i don't know that you know i think i had somewhat of a right to be upset but i also know that i took it too far and i was not in a good place to like adjudicate the situation maturely from that point like i would have in a perfect world it would have bounced off me and i could have a sober talk with the person about why it's maybe not appropriate to frame things like that maybe if you have the critique there's a better way to share it that won't make people feel as bad but since i'm the you know the perceived victim in the case it's like i'm not in the mental space to be able to adjudicate that and i wasn't you know i think maybe today i'm probably in a better space for stuff like that but at the time i was definitely not and you know and it blew up and uh another thing is these pieces of shit in the strabo view discord <laughs> these fucking pieces of shit i insult them every day of my life i'm only on the air once a week but every day of my life i'm just talking if i stub my toe i'm like these fucks um, but no, so I, I talk a lot of shit about the Shrab Home Video Discord and someone from the Shrab Home Video Discord messaged me to uh, engage me about that. And I also got really uh, defensive and um, I, I wasn't like disagreeing with what he said, but I was trying to explain my side of it because it was clear to me that he didn't understand where I was coming from, which is fine. He doesn't have to understand, but I was trying to explain it. And then he was like, in my mind, denying what I was saying. And I'm like, well, what the fuck? You just come to tell me like to care about these people's feelings and then you don't care about my feelings in the situation, whatever. Um, but you know, I think we came to a, 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 a mini understanding of sorts, which was, you know, I would lay off the Shrom home video discord, which I'm not going to you stupid pieces of shit. But what I will do is add the context that when I was at the Shrom home video discord, there was a lot of people behaving very strangely to me. And there was a lot of people that uh, would insult me or do things that me and my super hyper insecure, you know, way too sensitive manner was interpreting really negatively and hurtfully. And because of that, I left the discord and I was like, I felt like I was bullied out of the discord. I don't know if that's an accurate portrayal of the events, but, you know, things happen and I felt like I wanted to leave to make myself feel better. And and so when I talk about the discord, I'm talking about those people and those behaviors and, you know, I am punching down. I think punching down makes it a bit worse, but you know, it's very precedented in society for people to say like, oh, you know, all these, all these white men are, are so bad. And I'm like, 
I'm a white man, but I'm not like, oh, they're talking about me. I'm under attack. I'm like, no, they're referring to individuals in a group that is fucked up. And I know that I'm not at fault, but you know, my, my defenses raise anyway. But if I, if I take that insult personally, that's kind of on me. And so these fucking idiots on the Strabo video discord, I fucking, I, this thing, I'm not talking about you. If you're like, why is Spencer so mad? I'm probably not referring to you at all. And that doesn't make it okay. I'm still casting a wide net and insulting a lot of people. But I think there was a, there was a moment where there was a person who had joined the discord that day. And then I was like, you stupid fucks in the discord. And then that person was like, why is he mad at me? And it's like, come on. Use some context. You think I'm talking about you, the person that walked in the room? If I'm yelling at a tavern and you enter the tavern and I'm like, oh, you idiots at the tavern, you think I'm referring to you, the person that walked in mid rant? Are you kidding me? That's so stupid in a completely different way. I will insult you for a completely different thing. And that's thinking I'm lumping you into the group I'm insulting. That's stupid and self absorbed. Uh, but, you know, probably. That's bad too. I, probably the guy that DM uh, is probably going to do it again. But yeah, so if I'm I'm shitting on the Shrop Home Discord, it's not you I'm talking about. And if you have wronged me, maybe think about that. But uh, you know, either way, it's fine. I think it's more a question of me being sensitive. But that's why I left. That's why I left the Discord is because I I couldn't handle it. You, you can't handle the heat. Get out of the kitchen. And that's what I'm going to be saying on Twitter to everybody uh, when I start just being racist after Elon Musk, you know, buys the thing. I'm just going to threaten to kill everybody. And if they can't handle it, that's on them. You know, I can't be held accountable for my actions and words. It's on them to, to get out of that place, you know, right? It's spoken very well. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yep. And you've been nodding the whole time. I'm sure you, you clearly agree with every word and sentiment that I've conveyed. <laughs> But yeah, I am sorry. I don't mean to make uh, the wrong people feel bad. I'm intending to make the right people feel bad. But the thing about bad people that deserve to feel bad is they aren't going to feel bad because they're the kind of people that have said, oh, I'm sure this isn't about me because that instinct is part of what makes them bad people. So it's kind of a self-defeating premise in the first place to say like, oh, you know, shaming these people and, and knowing they're on some level perhaps incapable of the self-awareness or shame uh, necessary for those words to mean anything. And it'll instead splash over on the people that are sensitive more like me which those people should probably be protected from people like me who just go shitting on everything you know those are good people those those i don't have a problem with them um and maybe those people are uncomfortable by this stuff i was identifying too but they just put up with it better i don't know that's the other thing is it's like it's like am i off base or am i just more sensitive to something that's not good and i'm just having a much more toxic reaction to it like is it a reasonable thing to get mad at or mad about or is it not a reasonable thing to get mad at? but you know who knows only my therapist if i get one i gotta have to get a therapist kevin what's up uh i've been talking huh yeah well i i had a question for you then so you know a lot of people who choose careers roles like you are like you know host of a podcast or you know things like that or creator of a tv show they do it for one level or another for the attention or for the fan interactions or they want to feel like a celebrity or things like that you seem to recoil from that more often than you seem to be enjoying it so what's yeah. your motivation what you know why why are you doing this show here why why did you do harman quest why did you do any of these things well, it's all momentum, right? It just kind of came in and was its own thing. And it's like, follow the energy. You know, it seems it still seems like there might be, you know, a career in it. It would be good to be able to get off of this stuff. But in my travels, I've, I've 
come to understand that I think the way most people deal with deal with it is to just disengage, you know, Dan quit Twitter, you know, like, like famous people often hit a point and then they stop looking or they're healthy enough to not look in the first place. You know, um, I don't think it's that those people are just really good at handling all the criticism. I think probably a lot of people are way better than me at handling the criticism, but I think it really is this, this constant erosion by a crush of thousands of people just slowly wears on you you know and it kind of unless you can do something about it like i think it, it fucks you up i don't know um i feel like i kind of uh experienced that firsthand um going through harmontown and stuff and just trying like i feel like i understand crazy famous people a lot more than i used to just because it's like you'd have to be insane not to go crazy from all this stuff like it's an incredible crazy thing that we're doing to someone it's crazy to have millions of people being able to scream at you all at once but that's what twitter is right it's just it is kind of this weird stuff that we aren't necessarily uh well equipped to deal with and certainly i'm not but i want to say that like ever since i was a kid i never really wanted to be famous um i really liked comedy i thought it could be funny to be a comedian but i knew that i didn't have the guts to do you know to go to open mics and stuff i've never really tried to prepare material um i am terrified of failure so the idea of trying to do something that you know you're going to fail at which you know if you're starting stand-up you know you're going to fail at it. you're not going to be that funny like that's just it's part of getting it in is getting your reps and stuff you know and so it's like but I've never wanted to be famous. And I always, as a kid, I always thought it was stupid. Like my friends were like, I want to be like a rock star. I want to be an actor celebrity where they were like, they wanted the fame. And I was like, that's dumb. Like, why do you want that? What is valuable about that? It's not, it, I can't see the value to it. And I, I think that's accurate. I think that's the right way to think about this stuff is fame isn't a good thing. I don't know. It, it, it is a gateway to a lot of things, but it's like a necessary evil, right? I don't know. I read this Ben Affleck, uh, ben Affleck interview and he kind of said all the same stuff that I was thinking. It's like fame is a means to an end or a consequence of a thing that you're doing. You know, if you're an actor, you want to act, you want to, you want to get in good projects and, and, and show your craft and improve your craft. You know, that doesn't necessarily mean you want a million people thinking you're hot or something you know it's a different thing it's but if you become a successful actor marketing branding uh, publicity become a big part of that but they're not what it is you know I think these days a lot of people are more driven specifically by fame and especially with social media it becomes this kind of lottery thing where you can hope to get out of the doldrums of life by by hitting it big uh, on some viral thing right but uh, I, I don't think that's necessarily always everyone's motivation in getting into like performing stuff. It, it wasn't for me. And also for me, it's just like for too long, I just didn't think of myself as a performer, as a famous person, as a notable person. And, you know, I've had to adjust that thinking because it's like, yeah, I am. I have more of clout and more, uh, like stuff going on than I used to think. I used to just think I was like just a guy. And it's like, no, even if you think that, that's not how other people see you. So if you come down on them, they're not seeing a guy come down on them. They're seeing that guy, you know, Spencer coming down on them. It's a completely different thing, but it's not something I think about. And because, you know, I have this weird view of fame. I mean, uh, just this is probably cynical and maybe not something I should admit, but 
I mean, the only reason I think I'm still doing this is because I think it could still pay off somehow. And maybe that's completely flawed. But right now it's like I've invested, right? It's an investment of time, money, expertise that I've learned to become a performer, to work in Hollywood, to understand Hollywood stuff. And so I can, you know, cash all that out for basically nothing and get like, I've made a lot of money, but like what I have now, I don't have like current investments. I have this skill and this notoriety that I've developed, right? And I could just say, okay, tossing that in the trash, going to become a farmer, and then I'll have to buy all the farm equipment. You know, I'll have to start from zero at whatever that is. That's that's something I expect to have to do at some point, and maybe it's good to think about that more than I, I have been. But at this point, it's like, well, it seems to be a waste of what I've done so far to just cast that aside and be like, no, I'm going to write instruction manuals for refrigerators or something. So I'm going to, you know, get really good at technical writing and I'm going to go to a night school and then I'm going to apply to like working that doing that job. Um, you know, like that's something I could do. It might be a real career that pays a lot more than a lot of the not show running jobs I've had, you know, um, but that's that that requires like the the abandonment of this kind of stock these these poker chips that i've amassed in this kind of hollywood uh closet my metaphors are great go ahead there so what does paying off look like to you like what what would be the ultimate ending for for your career path right now i don't need an ultimate man the game but i would be fine getting another tv job like uh uh, you know, we pitched something that's probably not going anywhere. Otherwise, we would have heard back by it by now or about it by now. But there was a pitch that could have gone into the development deal. You know, a development deal would have given me money. And if we got to make that show, it would have been a lot more money. And so it's like that could keep me going for another two or three years to try and at least give me more runway to figure out what's next. You know, I think the Patreon's the closest thing I've had to like not just coasting off of the momentum I got from kind of writing dance coattails, you know? Um, it's like, okay, let's actually do my own thing. You know, the podcast is kind of like that too, but I think it's closer to just, you know, going off of Jeff's energy, trying to start the podcast. Right. Um, but the Patreon is like, I feel like maybe I can try and spin that into, to getting more play in the D and D community because I'm really outside of the D and D community and I don't blame anyone. I think that's almost certainly all my fault, but, uh, you know, um, at, at a, you know, the D and D community has really grown and become this vibrant space. And, you know, I've only been involved with Harmontown and Harmon quest, which is just its own thing. It doesn't even intersect with the larger D and D community because it's on this weird TV show track, right? If it were a YouTube show and it were always a YouTube show, you would expect that, um, you know, we would want to cross promote. We'd want to get other people on the show and I'd go on their show and, you know, there'd be this give and take and I'd be more part of the D and D community. But as a result of my actions and the trajectory of Harmon quest and stuff i closed off a lot of that you know like wizards has asked me to do stuff but it just didn't feel like it was in my ballpark and so you know i was like nah and you know if you tell people no they're not going to come back so it's like i really shot myself in the foot a lot of times and again i'm not blaming anyone but that's that's part of why i am kind of more outside and disconnected um, but you know, I'd like to at least see where that goes, see if I can do something. It would be cool to try and leverage that into working for wizards. You know, they're, I think they're trying to cast a wider net with employees and get people more just on kind of contracting jobs where, you know, I don't know. But so part of my Patreon is trying to build up like a working resume. It's like a portfolio of D and D stuff that I've come up with. And isn't this impressive, you know, because it's again, given my stature in the, in the, the world or whatever, the fact that wizards has approached me at all, you 
even though I'm a semi-known quantity, if I could back that up with a good portfolio, maybe that can give me a job. So I'm trying to figure out what's next because I don't have the charisma to be a famous person. You know, like I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not Dan, you know, I can't, I can't hold court and rant like Dan can. I, I can only hold court and rant like I can, which, you know, we're seeing what we're getting. It's not nothing, but it's not, it's no harm in town, you know, but of course it can't be. It wasn't, you know, the creator of community. It's just me. It's just a guy, a random guy, but that's why it's hard to think of myself as anything other than a random guy, you know? Um, but yeah, you think that I don't know. this show would be different if we were doing this in front of a, a live audience? Like, would you get a different vibe from it? Would you, would you make it a different show at that point? Yeah, but it's also like, I don't know what I want to make it if it was a live show. You know, we've talked about maybe trying to do live shows or with Jeff trying to go back to doing live shows. You know, I was pushing to do the show with Jeff, uh, not even live, but just in the same place. So we don't have to fucking zoom, you know, like it just might be better organic kind of comedy or something, you know, but I don't have any really good ideas. Uh, and that's kind of part of what's slowing me down. I don't know. You know, obviously we could do an interview show, but my gear isn't being comedic in that vein. You know, I've lost a lot of my comedic onstage instincts from being off of Harmontown so long. So it's like, I think it would be better just that I think I would probably be funnier as a result of getting in reps on stage or something. But also I think we would need a different format or a different idea or to kind of shift it around, which, you know, Jeff would probably be great at. He's a fucking short form comedian, you know, like we could just play games and stuff. And I'm sure there's a lot more simple, easy comedic stuff we could do with an audience you know, that would be good, but yeah, I don't know. I, it was, I don't even remember your question. Well, who cares? <laughs> the question sucked, Kevin. <laughs> My notoriously terrible interviewing skills. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, the world's fucked, man. The world is really fucked. The it's not, it's not going to be, well, I'm not ruling out mar Nazis marching down the streets, ripping people out of their homes. You know, I certainly haven't seen evidence to suggest that we won't get to that point. But, but by the time we're at that point, we're too far gone. Like it's way, way too late. But to the extent that that's not happening on the horizon, what we are facing is happening. Just these escalating more frequent terror attacks by white supremacists. That is what the war is going to be for a long time. You don't have to wage a war if you can commit a crime, run away, and then the white supremacist cops don't arrest you, both because they don't give a shit about anything and because they're sympathizers with what you're doing, right? You don't have to wage a war if you can just kill people with impunity. Um, and I think that's just is what's happening. I. I, you know, in the past, I've said that it seems like it's going this way. You know, there was always been terror attacks, and maybe this is just a bad run of them. Who knows? But it definitely just seems like this is going to keep happening more and more frequently until it's just, I mean, it was like four shootings in like three days, right? I, I, I mean, certainly there was three, and then there was two in California. Um, just, just craziness. And it's not, it's not going away. It's really bad. I don't. Like, that's another thing is like, why fucking think about my TV career? I should be thinking about finding a good job in Canada or something, you know, like somewhere to flee to where I could just work at a store. Like, that's probably more valuable <laughs> uh, use of my mental energy than like thinking, you know, about how I can how I can uh, uh, leverage uh, working in TV into maybe getting a rent on it or getting a mortgage on a house or something. You know, I'm fully uh, I'm fully 
expecting to have to flee the country. I don't think we're going to stop the Nazis. I think we are going to lose to the Nazis. I would love to be wrong, but I just haven't seen the evidence yet that uh, we're capable of that. It's not good. I, I mean, I, I would like to believe that, you know, good always triumphs evil and that, you know, we get hyper fixated on one bad element of society ignoring all the other good things that are happening you know like i still feel like despite the the obvious bad things that are happening in the news just even recently we're still moving forward just not at the pace that we were at one point you know i, I think we're still moving in the right direction there's just some people who might like us to go in a different direction so i think there's a sense to which that's true but like that timeline we're making progress what was the last pin on that timeline and what's the progress that you're pointing to because i think we've been pretty strongly backsliding for about five six years and i don't really see it's not like there's nothing that no bright spots but i think like necessarily we're a lot worse off than the, we were in like 2000 in terms of equality the thing is you know progress happens i agree that good triumphs in macro but in macro could mean 200 years after the neo dark ages end, we have neo enlightenment but we you and me will be slaughtered by then you know so it's like i agree that on some level probably good will prevail but how the, the path that takes could be horrifying you know um but yeah so it's i just think that there's just a lot of concrete mo mo uh markers that we're slipping into authoritarianism i think the supreme court shit is crazy i don't think they would have done that if they thought that they couldn't get away with it right it's like they had to understand there's a huge backlash probably the hugest bad backlash they've ever invoked in their political history but they went for it anyway um i think that's a huge signal i think that uh, people who study the falls of nations and the rise of authoritarianism say that the breakdown of courts, which is what is happening with the Supreme Court, is a huge marker that that bad shit is going to happen. And left and in specifically, I think if we can't fix the Supreme Court, which will be really hard without fixing other branches of like winning elections and other branches of government, and those elections are heavily gerrymandered, which gerrymanders can be defeated, but they're really hard to defeat. Um, you know, all of these, it's like, so what would we institutionally have to accomplish before we could even fix the Supreme Court? You know, that doesn't seem particularly feasible to me. So it's like, if we can't fix the courts, then the courts are going to keep uh, perpetuating all the bad stuff, no matter what we try to do to fix it. Like, for instance, if we uh, made, you know, Congress just, uh, failed to pass a nationwide law enshrining abortion into law and there's no reason that the supreme court wouldn't just strike that down because they don't care about precedent they don't care about anything they care about these partisan agendas and so it's like once that barrier is broken there's no reason for them to go back and that's the problem this whole time for me is that they keep crossing lines that you there's no once you've crossed them there's no reason to go back you're not going to win points by by backpedaling there you know it's like no we're going to keep saying the elections are rigged we're going to keep rigging the elections we're going to keep making everything worse because we're not being punished for it i think you know i i think uh, anyway uh did you have any thoughts before i launch into yet another rant no i would love to hear your rant please please continue <laughs> I think that we fucked up the initial sin. Well, you know, there's a lot of initial sins, but the greatest sin of America was we didn't execute all the fucking Confederates. What we did is let them back in the halls of power. We shook hands. We're saying, okay, you're a senator again. You could be a senator again. No, no, you're not. Like, I'm sure we jailed some of the people, but not nearly enough. Mostly we wanted to kiss and make up. And that's not 
typical. I, I'm sure that there have been a lot of insurrections that resulted in similar results, but a lot of times all those people are executed because you don't want to leave the insurrectionists around because those are the people who have demonstrated they're willing to commit an insurrection. Those are the most dangerous people to leave alive, let alone give literal government power to. So it's not that they lost the insurrection. It's not that they lost the civil war. It's that they were forced to adopt a much subtler strategy to continue the civil war. And they did the lost cause Confederates, like uh, the erecting of, of, of all these con confederate statues they knew what they were doing they're saying we're planting the seeds so that when time passes people will think of this stuff as normal and not you know we lost an insurrection in which, which we committed terrorism against the nation that we pledged allegiance to right that's what happened and so by by laying those seeds we allowed them to keep their narratives their victimhood narratives and their narratives of white supremacy keep them and keep perpetuating them with a bit more you know cover a bit less openly but they've been doing it the whole time it's not like the kkk ever left you know like they've still been around the all these forces have been still persecuting the same war you know who hasn't been us we haven't been fighting that same war because we said no it's fine now they're fine they're okay but they haven't been okay they've been warring with us they've been playing a long game and this is the face of it you know this is this is now the vanguard of that war and it's a, it's, it all is flows of a consequence of letting people believe that it's okay to have that side, letting people believe that it was actually okay to be a Confederate. It was actually okay to be an insurrectionist. It's okay to be a Southerner who, who espouses Southern pride. That's a normal thing. It's not, you're a loser. You should have been executed. It would be a lot better if you were. And, and because of that, we, we have this twin, this twin history, the, the, the good noble path that, you know, good people have been on. And then this dark path of subversion that the forces of darkness, these racists have been on and they're, they're kind of, they've been underground, but they're now strong enough to, to burst forth. And we will, you know, like, I don't, I, I, I don't have like a concrete solution for this, but the only solution to that is to is to declare a decisive crushing victory a victory so total that you could never believe you could ever have a chance of doing the same shit again that's what the point of executing insurrectionists is it's to prove no this is a dead end if you want to go down this path again it'll be another dead end you're done you can't do this anymore you will be dead you know and and we have to deliver which is an extreme thing i'm saying and i'm not even recommending that but i don't imagine this paradigm being corrected until we deliver that crushing decisive victory that no one could pretend they can weasel their way out of and th at this point like i think that you know, uh, they're so fanatical on the right that it would take probably a, a greater victory than most people would be satisfied with. Because again, I think they've seen the ways to weasel back into power, to weasel. You know, a lot of these insurrectionists are using weird legal. <laughs> Baked Alaska uh, was an insurrectionist at the 1 6 uh, insurrection. And he was very clearly trying to weasel his way out of uh, consequences for his actions. His lawyers recommended a plea deal on a simple charge. And they, they recommended that he take the plea deal so he only gets the simple charge and he doesn't get charged with the whole insurrection. They thought if he went to, if he actually went to trial, he would be in much deeper shit. And so he took the stand. The judge said, how do you plead? And he was like, well, I'm pleading guilty, but I personally think I'm not guilty. And so the judge is like, okay, you're going to trial. You don't get to plead guilty if you don't think you're guilty. And that's the thing. They want to do it. They want to 
say out loud or not even out loud because they say the other side of it out loud just to a different audience they want to be able to declare in front of the cameras of the mainstream media oh i'm a good person this is a misunderstanding and then out of the side of their mouth to their nazi following say no this is just a game this is all this is all a trick and we keep letting them do that and get away with it you know this was a, a an example of that not working but that's the whole plan and we have to destroy that plan and if these people feel comfortable existing at all outside in public they're going to keep doing that they have to be so you know nazism used to be something you could get the shit beaten out of you for you know like skinheads you could just beat the shit out of a skinhead because they were a skinhead and thus deserved to be beaten up but at some point we decided that no it's it's actually worse to beat up a skinhead than it is to uh be a nazi and that's where all this problem comes from you know it's the internet's killed a lot of stigma that's been good in a lot of ways it's been bad in other ways if you have a weird disease and you find a community that talks about your disease and you feel less alone that's really good if you're a gay person that doesn't know how to turn because your parents are upset and they're they're racist and, and problematic and and you know bigots um and you find a community online and, and learn coping mechanisms that's a good thing but if you're a nazi and you're like oh man there's other nazis like that's a really bad thing that's a stigma that should have been enforced and the internet and other things have allowed allowed that stigma, all stigmas to wane and it has good and bad effects. It would be nice if we can bring back some sort of stigma against hate and, and stuff. We try, you know, but then they turn it into the fucking cancel culture, which by the way, there's always been cancel culture to the extent that people have always castigated others for good reasons and for bad. You know, I, I, I ranted about social predation and how humans have this inborn need to uh, socially ascend and that takes place through social competition, social predation. Like it's just hardwired into our system, but it's just, I don't know. I lost my train of thought. It's bad news is what I'm saying. I don't. We will make progress, but we will make progress as all the problems get worse. And then we'll either solve the problem or they won't. And if we solve the problems, it'll feel like alarmist uh, to be the posture I am. And if we uh, don't solve the problems, it won't matter to say, I told you so, because we'll all be dead. You know, it sucks. It's not good. You know, I used to, um, before Trump got elected, I would say, you know, I don't think Trump's going to get elected. And if I'm wrong, We'll have way bigger problems than me being wrong about that you know trump will be president and so i feel like that's that's kind of that's my same posture here it's like i'd love to be wrong that would mean we're not in an existential crisis on it as a planet but i don't know especially lately i just feel like i can feel like the pressure of the universe more like i i, I don't know i'm not psychic I'm like jeff you know but i i feel like i can feel the the world's psychic scream in a way that I don't think I could feel before. The closest I could I could relate it to is when Trump won in the fallout of that. I felt like a similar kind of psychic uh, like storm kind of like just it just felt like everyone was emotionally devastated. And I don't know, I think I don't know what it is, but I think there's probably some energy from that. And I don't know what it is. My, my thought is like, you know, brains are, are electrical impulses. Nerves are electrical impulses. Electrical impulses create electrical fields. They create magnetic fields. It might be possible for similar thoughts or something to generate some sort of electrical magnetical field phenomena that then you might be able to pick up on or something. Who knows? Like that's, that's kind of how I justify kind of psychic phenomena to the extent that it exists. I don't think most psychic phenomena is real, but I could imagine that if thoughts have 
have energy and you just had some intuitive sense to decode that energy, you might be able to do things that are similar to what people call psychic abilities, right? I haven't witnessed anything I would see as credible psychic abilities. Uh, you know, this is real life sci-fi territory. Check out real life sci-fi now with Aaron. Aaron Pierce. It's uh she's she's trying really hard on that show and she's made it real I don't want to say like it was bad before, but it seems like she's she's really making it a lot different. Well, have you watched Real Life Sci-Fi? What do you think that's accurate? Do you like Aaron as a, on the show? Yeah, no, Aaron is great on the show. I I love what she's added to it. You know, the show's growing and and changing and it's it's doing really well. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's so good. Um but anyway, back to me no uh do you want to do food uh do do food soda shit absolutely do you have the sound cue i do hell yeah i'm just dancing you know i don't know i guess to the audience they're just listening to a song they don't need like me talking over the song but but i did anyway so Kevin seems to be going good in his beverages. So now I can talk to you guys. We need to talk about Kevin, you guys. This guy, Kevin, he's been super into archery lately. I think he's gonna, he's gonna shoot up a, a, a auditorium full of people he dislikes with a bow. Did you know that's what we need to talk about Kevin is about? I did not. Do we need to talk about Kevin is a show is a movie where a woman has this kid who is gaslight. The kid is like the spawn of evil and he's gaslighting her because he is a shithead to her and her alone. And then when anyone else is around, he is acting normal, acting perfect, like a perfect baby and acting loving towards her. So when she's like, you know, when this when you guys leave, this kid tur- totally changes and is acting like a piece of shit to me. And they're like, no, you're crazy. <laughs> and then it turns out the kid, uh, uh, he kills people and goes to jail. And that's what the movie is about. I don't know though. The, it didn't, when I hear the term, we need to talk about Kevin. I didn't think that that's like where it was going. It's like a bad seed scenario or something. I don't know. See, I've never actually watched that movie, which is, I, I probably should at this point. So yeah. yeah. Um, well, we need to uh, talk you, you about, tell me talk that, about that movie is about anything. I would believe you right now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So did you grab any soda? I did. What'd you get? So I grabbed this one here, which is supposed to be, I think like some kind of like cream and grape. I, I did not do the yeah. research to see what this is based off of. Do you know what this one is? Uh, definitely that, that white grape, which I think is a precedented flavor. Uh, but yeah, maybe it's, Maybe it's like some sort of like tofu dessert or something. I'm, this kind of white creamy looking thing looks like it might be kind of like this kind of soft serve that I think it has tofu or something based. And it has a picture of an uh, presumably an idol named Ayaka on the uh, on the uh, the label. So, you know, maybe it's her special brand. Maybe it's like it's a promotional tie in. You know how we love those. We do. Yeah. So this is, this is from China. I'm just looking up right now to see if I can figure out what this is actually uh, supposed to be. Nice. Um, I don't see it in my list though. So we can pretend this is going to be whatever you want it to be. It always is. You know, I used to have this really obtuse joke, which was less, I I had these jokes that were half jokes and half just uh, saying lies and, and being serious about them. But one of it was, I would tell people that the flavor of the inside of a three musketeers bar is whatever your fla- favorite flavor is. 
Um, it's this fluffed whipped chocolate sort of situation. I think it tastes kind of like a, a marshmallowy chocolate personally, but that was what I would say is it tastes like whatever your favorite flavor is. And it just happens that everybody's favorite flavor is this whipped chocolate. <laughs> It's just not funny. Like it's stupid, but I would say that all the time at any opportunity. And that's, that's what this is. I think, uh, do you want to, Oh God. Okay. I, I found this. So this is actually sold both in Japan and China. This is Fanta's yogurt rush, white grape yogurt. Okay. Yogurt, yogurt, yogurt rush. Damn man. I was at the yogurt rush. Okay. So Spencer's tasting it. Yeah. He looks, he, you look like you're not, you don't mind it. Well, it's yeah, yeah. I, I kind of like it. Um, the yogurt is rushing. Um, it is. It's. I'd say yogurt. Yogurt is kind of the first flavor that hits you, and you get some sweetness off of the grape. But you get this kind of this kind of tangy dairy and this kind of cultured bacterial kind of sourness. That's not bad, but it's very strange. Like it's not left Lester's fixins, right? Would you say right. it kind of works better than that? But it is still bizarre. Right. Now this this is very authentic feeling. I mean, this this honestly tastes like it has yogurt in it it's got the tangy crispness of yogurt with a little yeah. bit of a grape aftertaste to it but the grape it's like a nice compliment it kind of it creates this nice kind of smooth continuum of flavor as it kind of slides from this this yogurty head to this kind of grapey tail if you will i i actually quite enjoy this um i don't know how much i would uh, are yours cold mine aren't cold i i forgot to yes. fridge these mine minus i i threw mine in the fridge a couple hours ago so I think it sucks that it's so warm. I think this drink should have been cold. Um, and I'm going to dock it points for not being cold. <laughs> I don't know why they packaged it that way. They should have packaged it cold. I think they really fucked up. Um, and that's not on me, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, I find this drinkable. It's a little unusual. I, you know, I don't know if there are more yogurt flavored drinks in Japan that we haven't experienced yet, but it's, I think it's not bad. Are. Yeah, I like it. And the more I'm drinking, the more I'm just getting the solid grape. But again, like this, this kind of yogurty head on it, like really, it really it makes it smooth and nice. I don't know. It adds this, not even complexity, but just this kind of nice off ramp of flavor. Yeah, Man, they gotta hire me. They should hire me. I was saying that Mountain Dew should hire me as a consultant. I could, I could fucking. Turn what would them your around. first flavor be? Mountain Dew Pro Bono. That's what I, I tweeted about this already. <laughs> it's a it's a bono flavored uh, soda it tastes just like an old man um and there's there's bits of earring in every bottle delicious no one thing i think they could do is i think there's a mountain dew pitch black that they've done um it's a grape flavored soda uh we're going to at some point try the mountain dew purple thunder which is like another grape kind of flavored soda uh mountain dew but pitch black was like my fucking jam it was so good it was like dark black purple which means it made your shit green <laughs> um but it was so good and then they came out with pitch black 2 which was even better they made pitch black 2 way more sour like a lot more citric acid or something and it was just so good and so what i would do is i'd put out a pitch black 3 and then a pitch black trilogy which is a collector's box with pitch black 1 2 and 3. genius genius i would buy it i would buy it right now yeah Part of the reason why I would want it to exist is because I want it. <laughs> That's the only way it'll happen is if I if I make it happen. But I think it's pretty good. Oh man, I had the they had the they brought out the new flaming hot Mountain Dew. You know about this? The they they have it in stores now. 
Yeah, it's it's not the same as what we tried before. No, it's less spicy. And it, at first, I didn't think it was any more limey, but at this point, I think it has a hint more lime. But it's not it's not lime forward. For instance, Baja Blast has a lot stronger lime hit to it than from this. It's it's very very much just like a less spicy flame and hot Mountain Dew like we tried, which is. I don't know. I'm sure that's better. It definitely, I think it was better when I had it, but it's just, it's a, it's better dog shit, right? <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, this is, this is definitely 5% better and that's not good enough at all. Yeah. I, um, I don't know anyone who's tried it now that it's in stores that have liked it. Yeah. It's not solving anything. No, know? no. It's, it's a novelty drink, man. This kicks yeah. ass. You want to move on to a different one though? Yeah. So this next one here is Fanta grape from china this is supposed to be a a strong grape flavor and this is the purple grape yeah purple grape the other one was a green grape yeah but i think the green grapes are more prominent kind of as a grape flavor and you don't really see that at all out here but so maybe this will be more like an american style grape since it's purple grape you want oh it smells it smells like grape kool-aid Oh yeah, it smells like to me. It smells kind of like grape juice, like like the which yeah. you would never say anything from a grape flavored soda. <laughs> I wonder if there's real juice in here. I actually have in front of me an oh, American juice. Fanta grape, which tastes Whoa. nothing like grape whatsoever. So I'm going to compare. Does that it have to... grape juice in it? No, zero. Okay, well this one does. This one it comes after sugar is grape juice, so pretty high concentration, I would say. Yeah, um, but you want to you want to give it the first. Yeah. The first taste. Oh, that tastes like contoured grapes, almost like a like more grape juice than soda. Um, it's sweet, but not too sweet. Mm-hmm. I I like it, but I, this is the same problem we had before. It's not fizzy enough. It's already flat. Yeah, you know, is yours that way? Well, mine's not cold, which is another it's another strike <laughs> against it. It should be cold. I don't know why it's not. It's not it's not my fault that it's not cold and I shouldn't be adjusting my ratings or expectations on the basis that I did anything to make it the way it is. That's just its own fault. Um oh, but no, uh what are conquered grapes? I mean, I know of course, but these fucking idiots on the shrub <laughs> and I'm joking. I am going to keep insulting you and I'm going to keep caveating it. That's my compromise until someone else fucking DMs me. Jesus Christ. No, it's it's like you know the really dark reddish purpley grapes that are used for like Welch's grape juice and things like that, compared to like the ones that you, you would more like have as part of fruit salad or something. Yeah, yeah, this does. I mean, you really hit the nail on the head. I I would imagine if I took a glass, filled it half full with grape soda and half full with grape juice, and then left it out for two days so it went flat, <laughs> it would. It would taste like this. I I really like it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm not a huge grape juice fan, so I don't know if I would prefer this over like a grape soda necessarily. But it is really good for what it is, you know. Yeah, I think I'd I I would want to finish the white the the yogurt grape. I think over this one, but hmm. I agree. Now I do have. I can't do this right now, but I do have a Soda Stream like carbonator machine. I might put this in it just to see if. I like it more with more carbonation or if I'm just um, the American in me just feels like it's wrong. Yeah. You know, I have one of those too. Well, I don't, uh, Callie does, but I think I could use it potentially. That's a, that's a really smart idea, man. One time I bought <laughs> Pepsi blue 
uh, was a soda from my youth that I really enjoyed. And uh, one time it was well after Pepsi Blue stopped existing and I bought some on eBay. I bought a two liter bottle on eBay for some stupid fucking reason. And uh, and it was flat, obviously. So I tried to recarbonate it, but I used um, I used dry ice and that you can carbonate stuff with dry ice, but it's a completely different carbonation and it sucked and it still tasted flat. Like I think soda also kind of loses its flavor or something, you know, it kind of goes stale a little bit too. So it was like, it was just a complete abomination. <laughs> it was a, a simulacrum of itself, which, you know, you know, Kevin, a simulacrum is a copy of something that retains none of the like quality or uh, like essence of the original it's like a it's like a photocopy of a photocopy so many times it's just beyond fucked i always thought of some simulacrum was a ice clone because that's what it was in in dungeons and dragons and i never thought about the fact that the word could refer to like a real world term and not just like a type of monster but you know there you go oh kevin what are we gonna do well we got one more to try that's what we'll do i guess Another one that I think would be well served if they just made it cold, you know? So Spencer's looking at, this is a Japanese 7-Up. Now it says uh, on the, the middle here, Mojito, but with the T replaced by a 7, like the 7-Up. Oh. But at the bottom it says it's grapefruit flavored. So I don't know if this is mint, if this is grapefruit. I don't, I don't know anything about this. Yeah, so a mojito is like is is it light rum or what's the alcohol in a mojito? Tequila? That's it. Kevin's gonna look this up. It looks like so. I will launch into another thing. Oh, I've been I've been having serious acid reflux. I gotta stop drinking soda. I didn't drink soda today because I was anticipating drinking soda on the show. Do you find anything? Yes, it is white rum, lime juice, mint, and sugar with some soda water thrown in. Sounds terrible for acid reflux. It does. I would. Uh, yeah, that's my new bit. Um, just say if something's good or bad for acid reflux, you know, but a lot of things are good or bad for acid re reflux. So it's a, I also think this is part of the psychic storm that's affect, affecting the nation and the, and the world. But I think a lot of people are getting acid reflux like the past couple of weeks. And I don't know what that is. It might be aliens or something, but it's like something's happening. You know, Aaron. Aaron from real life sci-fi she's been having acid reflux so you know it means something you know they should they should launch into an investigation on the show that's a conspiracy like someone there's some sort of ray there's some sort of <laughs> would they do a conspiracy that's just something one person said that's not like it's not a big conspiracy theory it's just like one guy's opinion like in LA sometimes people who seem uh mentally unstable um they write reams and reams of paragraphs and words on their cars like there's this one that was like oh this guy he killed all my my pigeons he killed 79 pigeons this man he's in the city council and he killed 79 pigeons and it's like Ugh, i don't know but you know maybe those guys i lost yeah. my train of thought again now we, i used to have this guy who was convinced that the tv show stargate was real and would give me these like he would write these handwritten uh, documents out of all of his evidence for why Stargate was a real thing, and the TV show was just there to throw people off of it. 
you know, sure. so that if you know, if you said, oh, yeah, it's real. They're like, no, you watch the TV show. You're you're obviously crazy. So he wanted all the you know, so he wrote probably hundreds of pages and he would drop them off at my door um, to tell your me door? about Stargate. Um, I used to run a website that okay. for some reason he thought was going to talk about this. Yeah, he, he, he just thought you were his bridge to. Yes. Get the word whatever. out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's schizophrenia for you. Um, you know what might have been an even better uh, cover is to not make the show Stargate. Then no one would even be like, like Stargate. People would be like, that's just a crazy thing. I can't connect to anything. You know? well, and also, maybe he was, wouldn't have got the idea. Yeah, they actually had an episode of the show Stargate where they made a fake TV show to throw people off the story because it started leaking out. And he was just absolutely convinced he was on the right side line then because everything he's been saying they, they made a tv you know an episode about to make fun of him yeah it's it. funny because uh, you gotta imagine i mean i don't know timeline wise is it like he came up with that first and then the episode dropped because almost certainly he would have watched that episode and went that's real and this is the proof is that episode and now i have this theory right that's right. the normal way this stuff would flow but do you know chronologically if that's that made sense um, I mean, I know he started his theories in between the movie and the series. So okay, but I don't yeah, know yeah. if the movie is what gave him the idea because he, he, he had evidence going back decades about right. But it's like what seeded the idea. But, right. but it sounds like, yeah, it's but if he had the idea first and then that would to, if that were to happens, um, then he would really be like, this is the fucking yes, this is what I meant. They'd prove they would really, you know, prove your your thesis, I think, you know, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I should get him on real life sci fi. Well, I wish right. all conspiracy. It's so much more interesting. Like, that's the thing, man. That's why I think psychic stuff is cool and aliens and ghosts are cool. It's because it's like so much more interesting to think that those might be real. You know, it's just that's also probably why it's not true because it would be too neat. It would be too good. We don't deserve good stuff like that. Like that would ghosts. be a good TV show. where just basically like, you know, every conspiracy theory is real. All of them, yeah. you know, and like what that reality would look like inside job is kind of like that but i think it might have got canceled um but yeah it's inside job is like a scientist who works for the deep state and basically all conspiracies are real and they're the people charged with keeping it under wraps and they have to you know appease the lizard people and the robot president is you know a replacement president and all that stuff but i think it could i think you could lean even farther into that idea for sure but i don't know wow i had no idea i made a tv show awesome yeah man and i hear that they came up with it to steal your idea no i don't know right. how to make that in they're, you know, they're, they're trying the to throw idea. me off my own trail yeah half-baked half-baked execution on that you want to yeah. you want to crack into this one yeah all right here i got it open all right now it smells like squirt kind of yeah which is a grapefruit soda so that makes sense i, I don't smell any mint i don't smell anything else it just smells like squirt right now so let me give it a trip taste yeah Kevin is tasting. He's got a plant in the background. Okay. It again. It's a little flat. It oh, there's a lot of mint. About five seconds after oh. you swallow. Yeah. No, that sucks. It starts I off mean, tasting <laughs> like squirt, and then suddenly it's toothpaste. Yeah, I was wanting it to just stay squirt, and it's like, no, you have to be mint now. It's not bad. I think it would be better with the carbonation just because squirt is like squirts this really intense flavor. And then the carbonation is part of what like contributes to that bite, you know, that squirt right. has, but 
it's i it's it's mm-hmm. you know you 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 hear grapefruit and mint <laughs> it's not that bad but it's not great i don't know i i don't know this is one of my least favorites we've tried i think because this is just not that's just such a slap in the face of like oh i'm enjoying this and then suddenly no no you're done now I'm yeah your teeth. i'm definitely a bit more positive than you but i agree with that for sure it's it's just very strange you know it turns out that if you put sugar in something and then some artificial flavors it's it's gonna be at least kind of okay a little bit you know because it's sugar at the end of the day it's like yeah this is addictive it's uh it's dangerous stuff yeah yeah speaking of sugar we do have one more thing to try hell yeah i'm so training you, kevin up so i can quit one. the show what, what what was it that, that drew you to this one to try <laughs> it's called tang fastics which is like a fantastic pun right but it's just fantastic is just i don't know i i was thinking about fangs oh no tang fastics not i can't even say it right i was just like fastics tang fang tang it's just it's a weird word and it really caught me at my eye and i looked at it it's very different gummies there's like it looks like these classic kind of soda bottle gummies which are often soda soda shaped there's these half white uh gummy and a half kind of fruit gummy that like is often the frogs they have those kind of gummy frogs that come like that or sometimes the gummy sharks are like that with the white then they have kind of uh just fruits just general fruits so it's like why would they have all these different things in the the in the same bag are they you know are they all these flavors that it seems like they will be or are they like some sort of normalized generic flavor that's just all the same that's kind of why yeah i'm looking at the ingredients so they they described this bag as being fizzy fruit flavor cola flavor and sweet foam gummies but it actually has flavors like elderberry and hibiscus and kiwi and lemon mango passion fruit safflower so there's a lot yeah, there's a lot of flavors in here. You know about spirulina? Isn't that uh, uh, like an algae? Yeah, it's a sea-based algae. Yeah, it's a sea-based algae that was like new age uh, kind of diet stuff in like the 80s, I want to say. I mean, I think it's fine, but it's it's more of a fad thing. What'd you think? So, What'd you grab, actually? I grabbed one of the cola bottles. Okay. And it tastes like a cola bottle gummy with some sugar on the outside Elder what are you going for i'm gonna grab this kind of crocodile kind of one it's like a pink red crocodile oh. um i should not eat into the mic oh man it's like just a really good cherry that's great all right that's I'm a really good too, honey. yeah this is no. this is surprisingly good I, I was not expecting these to be as good as they are yeah no these kick ass and they look like they're in english they they don't even have any non-english words so you think these are british or australian or something elderberry is like not a typical american flavor black currant that's definitely uh, a british flavor so maybe these are british yeah these are made in england so yeah okay so yeah <laughs> by the way it'd be crazy yeah all of Go these ahead. came from the exotic soda company um, you can check them out at exoticsodaco.com. Uh, they didn't pay us for any of this. They just sent us a bunch of, of stuff, but they did give a coupon code to anybody who's listening. If you want to try any of these things yourself, go to exoticsodaco.com and use promo code that happens and you get 15% off your whole order. 
Hey, Ainer, man, I'm so exotic. My name is so exotic. I'm the soda king, and I raise soda. I take it away from the soda's mom at way too much young, and the soda's mom kills herself because of the torture of losing a child, and then I raise the child until they get to that dangerous soda age where they have to be cold. But up until that point, you know, it's great for petting zoos and making money, and I go to Walmart to feed the soda. Use the promo code... Yeah, uh, that happens. What was it? Right, right. I usually just say Goblin Flakes because it's usually not a real promo code. I'm so exotic, so duh, exotic from the Exotic Soda Company. Is that, that good? good? Is that good, Kevin? That was really good. that's so soda. Yeah, I, I like that. Oh, you know what I wanted to say? We don't deserve ghosts. I think we kind of talked around that, but I just wanted to say that just so we could maybe use that as an episode title, depending on what the episode titles turn out to be. Because mostly I was just ranting about the end of the world. I don't know how good that is. But, you know, uh, we don't deserve ghosts. Tangfastics is another good title. What is this rope? Did you get one of these, like, lassos? Like a gummy lasso? I thought it was a key, maybe? I don't know. Oh, maybe it's a key. Or a noose? Or a bell? Or a tie? Maybe a bell. I don't know what that's supposed to be. It's kind of peach flavor. Not bad. Oh, it's supposed to be a pacifier, I think weird maybe pacifier i don't know it's a it's a weird shape for it yeah maybe it's like a stylized pacifier they take out that kind of yeah the lip guard i don't know you know the actual kind of plate yep that, that yeah it doesn't have that but i could see it being stylized so what was your favorite <sighs> snack or drink for for tonight it's the yogurt uh well i mean the candy's better than the yogurt but i kind of like like the discovery of the yogurt i think is fine where this is like sometimes you have good candy and it's like hey that was great so like i like the candy more but i think i'm i'm more delighted by the by the yogurt grape i think so too because i saw that and i was definitely expecting i was not going to enjoy it and i was i was very surprised that i did whereas like the seven up i was pretty excited i was saving that one for the last because i thought i was gonna like that the best and it just tasted like orange juice and brushing your teeth together. Yeah. I wonder if there's like grapefruit mojitos in Japan or something, if that's like maybe a more typical, because obviously a lime's not too far removed from grapefruit. So, right. you know, it could just be a different palates thing. But yeah, I don't know. Bad show, man. We did a bad show. Uh, I, you know, I think I've got a lot of important information out there. So, you know, maybe I'll get arrested <laughs> as a result. <laughs> that could be good. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Thanks so much for all the haters. The haters, you're my motivators. And you don't just leave me in a fetal position on the ground <laughs> way more often than you might expect. Oh, no. What's this? Oh, it's the Sonic Marble Hill Zone. I love that level in Sonic. Man, what a great thing to happen at the end of the show. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh no. Oh no, is the show ending? Oh no. I think we're running out of time. Oh, oh god, my childhood. And now I'm dead. And that's our show, everybody. Thanks so much for coming to That Happens. Oh boy. Check out 
that happens it's a podcast it's on a little network we call Schraub home video and speaking of which rob Schraub is calling me probably to chew me out for being so mean to the Schraub home video discord you fucking uh babies you snitches you backstabbers and again i'm joking jesus christ um even when i was insulting you guys seriously it was a joke i was trying to be funny and you know confrontational for the purpose of humor jesus christ you guys it's not your fault. It's my fault. I'm sorry. Uh, what, what about you, Kevin? What do you have to plug? I just have to plug being sad and apologetic. Uh, coming up next on Trob Home Video, we've got the best channel 101, followed by real life sci-fi, and then a brand new cyberpunk metazone tonight from Rob Schraub. Hell yeah. Check that after the jump. What, what's, what's directly coming? Is it like a series of videos? I, uh, the best of Channel 101, right? Right. Yeah. So every week, uh, Aaron makes up a half hour block of some of the best of Channel 101 sketches that we show on ShrobHomeVideo.com every Sunday night. Stay tuned for best of Channel 101 coming up next on Fox. That's all. That's the end. <laughs>